Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Leadership matters, doesn't it? And as you've seen over the last week, uh, people have been either lamenting or rejoicing in the leadership uh, of our nation after the the most recent uh, election. And they do that because it matters who leads us. We look to our leaders for vision, for guidance. I'm sure in your own life you can think of times where you've had a really great leader uh, in some aspect of your life who you've looked to uh, and who uh, inspired you and encouraged you and helped you and who you wanted to be like, a teacher at school perhaps or uh, someone in your workplace. And then I'm sure you can think of one or two or three or four uh, leaders who were not so good, who were bad, who you thought, I don't want to be anything like them. Uh, As we continue to unfold the story of the Bible today, we see that for God's people to live under God's rule, this means they uh, uh, need to be led. They are led by a king. And sadly, it's mostly a story of failure and bad leadership. The kings do not live up to the kind of uh, uh, standards that Moses lays out in Deuteronomy Uh, chapter 17 they fall short and this is supposed to point us to our need for a perfect king to our need for Jesus well you'll know that we are looking at the big picture of the Bible and you'll know that uh, uh, for us uh, I think uh, the the, the best uh, big idea to hold the whole thing together is this idea of God's kingdom And we have this little phrase that I'm saying over and over and over again that maybe you'll start saying with me every time I say it. But God's kingdom can be defined as God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. Australian scholar Graham Goldsworthy came up with that line. And it's really quite insightful as it does help us to see how the story of God and his people unfolds throughout the scriptures and how Jesus fulfills Uh, the kingdom of God and brings it to bear in our lives. So far we've seen that this pattern of God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing is established in creation with God making uh, the world, making it good and giving Adam and Eve a garden in which to dwell. They are God's people. They live in the Garden of Eden, God's place, and they enjoy God's rule and blessing. He tells them, this is all of yours Enjoy it and enjoy me as I walk around in the garden with you. And of course we see then very quickly in chapter 3 how Adam and Eve fail to live under God's rule. They ignore his rule, they do their own thing and they are kicked out of the garden. They leave God's place and they no longer have the blessing of God's presence in their lives. The kingdom has perished. Then we see in chapter 12 of Genesis, God intervened dramatically and promised to remake the kingdom through Abraham and his descendants. I'm going to give you 
a land, he says to Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation, a people. And I'm going to be with you and you will be blessed and be a blessing to others. The promise of God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. Then we've seen how uh, from Levit- in Leviticus, uh, from Genesis 12, for the promise of Abraham through to Leviticus, God begins to fulfil those promises he makes to Abraham partially. He does eventually give Abraham a descendant and he has many more descendants. And by the end of Genesis and the start of Exodus, they are indeed a large nation. They're a nation in slavery. And God delivers them from that slavery and sends them out into the wilderness to receive God's law, God's rule and God's blessing, the tabernacle where God comes and dwells with his people again, though it's in a different way to the garden and in a different way to what we'll see in the future in God's story when he comes to dwell with us in Jesus. Today we continue to look at how the Bible unfolds this story of the kingdom of God. And we see again more of a partial fulfilment of the promises to Abraham. We've seen a partial fulfilment of nation and and blessing. Now we see a partial fulfilment uh, as the story kicks off uh, at the end of Leviticus in Numbers through to the coming of the kings in the book of Kings, one and two kings. We see uh, God's people in God's place and God's people living under God's rule with God's king. You'll remember that back in Genesis chapter 12, one of the key parts of God's promise is that they will have a land. And so the story, uh, uh, once they've received the uh, law from uh, Moses and they've built the tabernacle and God is now dwelling with them, uh, the, the next part of the story we read in Numbers is they are to go into the land, the promised land. But of course, that horrible thing called sin plays a part in things not going as it should because God's people fail to trust him it's quite astonishing when you think about it because these are the very people whom we've read God has delivered from Egypt they've witnessed those plagues that we read about in Exodus they've witnessed the parting of the Red Sea they've walked through it they've seen God go before them in a cloud of fire. They've seen Moses come down from the mountain with stone tablets engraved with the Ten Commandments. They've seen God provide food and water where there was none. And now they get to the promised land that God has said he's going to give them and look what happens. Let me read to you from Numbers chapter 13. They gave Moses this account They sent some scouts into the land. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. God is good. But, verse 28, the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. It's a good land, but there are some scary people. And instead of trusting God, they are afraid. And they think there's no possible way this can work. We can't possibly go into that land. We'll be killed. This is a terrible idea. Let's go somewhere else. Let's stay in the desert. 
and Joshua and Caleb, two of the people who went into the land, they try and encourage the people not to rebel against God, to trust God. But in the end, the people don't. They refuse to go in. And so God punishes them and causes them to walk in the wilderness for 40 years while that whole generation of leaders dies in the wilderness because they failed to trust God. Paul, the apostle, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10 he reflects on this story. And he tells us that the actions of the people of God are a warning to us. He says this in verses 5 and 6. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as an example to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Paul says that as we read the story of God's people... But the things that happened to them and the mistakes they made are, make are recorded so that we won't make the same ones. God calls us, as he called the Israelites then, to trust him. As God delivered them from slavery in Egypt, he has delivered us from slavery to sin through faith in Jesus Christ. And as those Israelites then needed to remember that this same God was still with them and would still make good on his promises, so too we need to remember that that same God is still with us and still makes good on his promises to never leave, forsake, to always provide. We must keep trusting God and not be like the Israelites in, in the wilderness. We see as the story progresses that when the Israelites do trust God, they are blessed. In Deuteronomy, we see Moses giving a series of lectures or sermons to the people of God as they're the next generation as they're about to enter the promised land. And throughout it, he says, if you trust God and and do as he says, you'll be blessed. But if you don't, you'll be cursed. And so we read at the end of Joshua, the book that tells us of the the conquest of the land by the people of God, we read this in chapter 21. God, the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord God gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. (coughs) The people of God are enjoying God's rest. They're enjoying God's uh, blessings. They are God's people in God's place. But they are warned not to turn away. In chapter 23 of Joshua, they are warned that if they turn away, things will go bad for them. And indeed, that is what they do. The book of Judges recounts the story of the people of God constantly turning away from God, losing battles that they have to fight with their enemies because they fail to trust God. 
And ultimately we see this leads to them calling out for a king, one who can lead them strongly. But even that is riddled with sin. We see as the story progresses that in fact, even though we can see elements of the kingdom of God at hand in the people of Israel, this can't be what God meant. This is only a partial fulfilment of the promises of God. Ultimately, the people of God receive David as king and he is described in 1 Samuel as a man after God's own heart. But even a man like that is still riddled with sin. And he fails and he falls short and things go from pretty good to very bad in a matter of generations. We haven't got time to go into all the details. But I will just mention this, that in 2 Samuel, when David is on the throne, God makes another promise. Let me read to you from 2 Samuel Samuel chapter 7. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you, says the Lord. Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you, David, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you forever. The promise there is made of an everlasting kingdom. God knows, and we see it revealed, that this is not the high point. This is not the full fulfilment of the promise God made to Abraham. A king who reigns forever will come. A king whose name we know is Jesus. And thank goodness for that. For the kings that follow David and Solomon uh, are a story of tragedy after tragedy. I encourage you to read the book, the book of uh, 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings. Because it's story after story of failure by the kings of Israel and Judah to live up to God's standards. And ultimately, the people of God are exiled. They're kicked out of the land because they failed to follow God's promises. Well, as we reflect on this story, I think the takeaway for us today is this. We need to keep on trusting God and submitting to his perfect king. Because this is the way we will enjoy blessing. This is the way we will enjoy God's good gifts to us. By trusting him. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it looks hard. Even when there's some big scary man out there who we don't think we can uh, take on. Trust God. And submit to his perfect king, for then we will enjoy his blessings. It's hard, and we need God to help us to do it. But in the good times and the bad, let me encourage you to keep trusting God, for this is the road to blessing. Amen. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, 
www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.